Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did I tell you that we relaunched our TV podcast that is now called the Prestige TV Pod? We did it in time for Succession, which is launching in October. But there's so many good shows this fall. We got Yellowstone and Billions and Insecure. We have The Shrink Next Door. Is Mayor of Kingstown going to be good? We're going to be breaking all of it down. The morning show season finale. We are going to be here. Like, we're going to treat it like we treat the NBA playoffs. If there's a really good prestigious TV show, we're breaking it down in this feed. Check it out. The Prestige TV Pod from the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Chan. And I'm Mike Peters. We're your Sound Only Coaches. Here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle. This week, we're talking about video games. This week, we're talking about Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, the vague tribal singing in the background. The vague tribal singing the album. Listen, we haven't forgotten about Demon Slayer. We will get to Demon Slayer. In, like we're saying, this we on Mike, are we'll going get to, to. We are going to give the entertainment district the requisite amount of attention it deserves. Uh, it will happen. It will happen. Probably Wait, next I, week. But can like, I tell yeah, listeners? Can I tell listeners? about I fell on some black ice and it fucked both my legs up. And like, you, I'm not. It's not a good time in the charity household. I'm sorry, guys. Damn. Uh, Wait, Mike, you watch soccer? Do you play soccer too? Yeah. What's like? This is the thing. I used to run and I used to box. And like, mm. I've been through the injuries, but like, I don't know. What's the worst soccer injury you had? Because like, I, I'm surprised at how hard I'm, I'm taking okay. this like ankle shit with this black ice. 
injury right now. I, I mean, like, I've been fairly lucky with uh, injuries. Um, but I think that probably the worst or weirdest or most disgusting was probably like U16. I, I, no, it's U15. I cracked my kneecap. Cause some like oh. the ball was like a ball was like squeezing out during like a like a gold mouse scuffle and a corner kick, and it comes out like sitting perfectly for a half volley, and I go to swing through it. Central defender clears my knee and not the ball, but then I like walked around on it for like two weeks, and like and then I fell down and couldn't get up and had to go get X rays. Turns out I had you like, serious? A Where did you fall down? Taking like walking groceries out of Albertsons of all oh, places. God damn. <laughs> I just had like that's a, a case lay. God damn, like, God damn. Yeah, it turns out I had a floating like chip of whatever. Like it was, it was pretty nasty. But it healed what up are you nicely. Supposed to do? How did it heal up nicely? I, 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 I had a walking cast. I mean, like because yeah, you know, like. It was it was one of those oh it healed back stronger than it was whatever it's one of those you know. Um, this is like the rare fall for me where I like fell like hurt my ankle, but the ankle the ankle feels like a minor injury. Do you know what really happened? I fell in a way that like I, I hurt like the back of my thigh, like the bottom half of the back of my thigh, like muscles you don't even think about. Muscles you don't even really realize you Muscles have you until you fuck them up. Muscles you probably forget you have at, like, at life until you you're can't not, stand you're up. You're not using these stabilizers c- currently, you know, in your <laughs> daily life in your 30s. Like, there's, like, you don't, you don't need all those until you do, until you yeah. don't have them no more. Yeah. So, I got, your boy got knocked the fuck out. Um, let's talk about Horizon. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, big, big Sony PS4, PS5 title, tentpole release. You know, tentpole. this is we, we. This is this is like you know the third PS5 game that's come out, maybe, and it ain't even that. You know, for real. Returnal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm, like, no, I'm, no, I'm telling the truth. Yeah, there's like is there's Returnal, there is Deathloop, and there is this. Miles Morales doesn't Clank. count. It's like Returnal. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. So Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet, Ratchet. But the thing is that like Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Uh, uh, what, what was the other one we just mentioned? It was Ratchet and Clank. Deathloop. Death. Well, no, it wasn't Deathloop. That it, well, Deathloop and Returnal were PS5 exclusive, but uh, Forbidden West, Miles Morales, and Ratchet and Clank were all you know PS4 like made optimized on the PS4 Pro or whatever. So it's not like they aren't really PS5 games, you know what I'm saying? But they are PS5 games. I mean, look, I, I'm going to tell you that I will say that Horizon Forbidden West looks incredible on the PS5. I'll, I will start there. It is a gorgeous game. They should start, They should open that game at the menu with the Lion King shit, with the little chant. 
That's how that game feels. Whenever you boot the graphics. Yeah, it's just like there's a whole, like, it's just there's from the day we arrived on the planet. (laughs) Robot Bison was trying to beat our brakes off. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's a it's a whole thing. Like it's a it's a very like it's a it's it's moody. It's a very it's a moody game. Um but it's also like, yeah, it's it's first and foremost, it was a gorgeous game. I spent like a very long, uh, like an inordinate amount of time just swimming, like not even looking for anything, just in the water, just looking at the sky. Yeah. Um, can I can I set up the basics of just the first game real quick, right? Yes, because it's like Horizon it Zero Dawn, which first of all, the title that title like that's a gamer ass title, and I. Anyway, Horizon Zero Dawn, first game, basically, if the premise in it is as simple as it can be put, is uh, cave woman fights robot dinosaurs, right? But really, it's you're in this world that looks like antiquity, but there are these robot, these advanced machine dinosaurs that are kind of a nuisance to this pre-industrial humanity. You sort of, as the player, you know, you follow this character, Aloy, who grows up with this uh, Bluetooth headset, basically, that's called a focus that lets yeah. her see the sort of like digital contours of all of the, you know, she gets to she gets to see of the, the before the four times for all of these robots. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, it's, her, it's, it's this a, mystical artifact, right? Yeah, um, it gives you know, her this like, like unique insight on the your lifeline right? to the gods, so to speak. The 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 elder people, right. the architects, the 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 Proteans. Um, there's a, (laughs) no, but I mean, like, that is like how like technology bridges the gap in between this, uh, like pre-industrial civilization and the one that, you know, came multiple centuries before it, uh, and like hope the, like the, the, the goal of Horizon Zero Dawn is to kind of uncover the malevolent forces that led to, um, you know, people living in tents on the plane and shooting robot bison, uh, as well as like you know like saving this 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 um this modest life that they've built thus far. Right. And the sort of latter half of the first game sets up this. It basically, is un, it's peeling back the onion layers of the mystery of how did humanity get to this point? And you basically learn that fake Elon Musk uh, decided it would be a good idea to create these robot dinosaurs for various commercial, environmental, agricultural reasons, only for, to his surprise, for the, the, the robot dinosaurs to go out of control and and basically kill everyone uh and and decimate the planet and basically force you know the be- the benevolent scientist Elizabeth Sobeck to come up with a sort of reboot plan for humanity where she says okay we got to reseed the earth we got to we're going to have this like advanced ai terraforming system that says you know what i the earth is going to be wiped clean and it's going to reboot. Humanity is going to have to sort of build its way back up from antiquity all over again to, 
you know, like harmony, I guess, with like the technology that's been left over from the so-called old ones, right? Even that sounds yeah, and a perfectly ordered universe. Yeah, like you know, kind of a fantastical idea of you know everybody's gonna have their own pet leap lasher or whatever. Like there's yeah. a it's um, but I think you know stripping back a few things like the setup. Um, you as kind of like this overpowered character with um, pre-industrial weapons roaming a beauteous landscape to find uh, various elder gods or titans you know guided literally by somebody called Gaia feels a lot like you know like you can draw some direct comparisons to God of War Um, there's sort of a and I mean like you were kind of texting me about this the game is very good at putting you in front of something very large that it doesn't seem in 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 base logic that you would be able to take this thing on and kill it but then you know but then it it, 15 minutes later it's dead (laughs) yeah yeah and in a way by the way that's very different from because uh, I feel like another game one might describe that way is Shadow of the Colossus, but that's different, yeah. right? Because that it's like you know, it's that a puzzle the, game. Shadow Shadow yeah, of the Colossus is like right. more of a puzzle game, um, right? Like and, the climbing you know, simulator. Yeah, because it's like you look at a you look at you know the Colossi, and you know that like yeah, it's bigger than you. But the whole point is that that means that you have to beat it by like climbing onto it, and really you're not beating the Colossus. You're, you're exploiting a specific like point that you need to get to on the Colossus, right? Whereas in Horizon, it's like, no, you do have to, in fact, head on, you know, one-on-one confront the giant thing that does tons of splash damage and just thrashes around the map until, like, half the time when you die in, in Horizon, you die, like, accidentally, right? You die because, like, the machine wasn't even trying. <laughs> machine wasn't even trying when it killed you. Like, you know, actually, there's another direct comparison you can you can draw. And I'm glad you brought up Shadow of the Colossus because in the first couple of hours of Horizon, um, there's a sort of mini boss that's similar to one of the Colossi in Shadow of the Colossus, which is like this giant kind of rhinoceros, triceratops, boar hybrid thing yeah and in colossus basically it just kind of runs around in circles for one end of uh like you know this sort of enclosed ruined space to the other you have to climb up on a rock and then jump and then ride around on its back long enough to strike the back of its tendon to slow it down and then you got to repeat the process until you bring it down so on and so forth but it's like you know once you jimmy this one part loose like it's going to proceed in an orderly fashion, more or less, in Shadow of the Colossus. In Horizon Forbidden West, like facing the same thing, it'll just randomly call out two of its buddies. Oh, here's this thing that flies also that you need to kill, and another annoying grunt like enemy in the game. And your two support characters aren't really gonna help you with those either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so 
here you are not really knowing what to do with the splash damage of this, you know, elder boar ram god thing that, you know, shoots fire from its tusks. You can't really escape that. But, you know, you can kill it with its own weapons that are on its back. But there's not really, like, it, it involves, like, an element of luck doing that even. And then, yeah. even once you get it down on its last legs, there's a chance that one of these other grunts is just going to open a wing behind you and kill you on accident. Because it's just like you weren't right. looking. Because you were focused on this thing. I really, you know what? Is this is it time for me bull. to have my this game? You are riding the bull. Is it time for me to have my support character spiel? The the thing about well, like let, it's... let's get to not not yet. Okay, let's all right, actually, we'll wait. We, okay, we, we'll wait. We, well, no, I do want you to talk about it. I do want you to talk about it. But let's just I'm gonna I'll put cards on the table, right? So okay. my cards are, I think Forbidden West, I think Horizon Forbidden West, way way better game than Horizon Zero Dawn. I liked the first game. I liked Horizon Zero Dawn. I thought it had problems, mostly regarding, I think, the storytelling and the world. I think the first game, and it's funny because there was, again, I really liked playing the first game. I feel like reviews of that game were really positive. I know Josh Rivera at the time on Twitter. This was when I was still on Twitter. This was back in the day. Josh Rivera, uh, who's a games critic, I think might be at Polygon now. He articulated, he was like the one person who articulated gripes with the game that even as somebody who liked it, I was like, yes, you were totally right. Um, there's that there's stuff in this game, in the first game, that's just the storytelling feels a little too cliche driven. It feels like, okay, cave woman fights robot dinosaurs is such a novel plot. And then it all becomes kind of like Game of Thrones-esque, like generic high fantasy lore where it's like we're constantly talking about Avad, the sun god, and I don't give a fuck about him. And it's sort of it's it's the tension in Aloy, right? It's like Aloy is and she's like one of the people in this um, new society, right? This new neo-primitive society. But she has the insight. She sees like she sees all the seams behind this technology. She's the person uncovering the big mystery of, of what, like how this dynamic between the dinosaurs and humanity has developed. And it means all of the other characters in this world are kind of like dumb and superstitious, right? And, and yeah. it's kind of easy to kind of get annoyed and bored of talking to the people who are out of the loop in the original game. And... I don't know. After a certain point in the original Horizon Zero Dawn, you have Aloy, right? Who's the main, our, our protagonist. And you have Lance Reddick. Silence, who I'm just going to call Lance Reddick for this entire podcast. Who is the <laughs> kind of like, you know, her partner, but also he's a little bit treacherous. and He's, he's slippery. He's you know, he's slippery. We don't really, we, we, he, he basically, God, you know, he's guilty. just one of those people that just kind of reveals information when it's convenient to him. To, to to his to his ends, right. uh, but it also right. my, you know my, it also you know puts you towards your goal of uh, uh, stopping um, Hades um, or right. the, you know the the extinction program. Like the the things that right. Silence tells you are ultimately helpful, but you know, man, it's just like that would have been real good to know like a week ago when we was getting fucked up back there like there was a that, yeah, it, that's, it's really like that is your attitude every time you're speaking to silence 
he's helping you, but only after he's almost gotten you killed. Yeah, he's that kind of character. Yeah. But to me, my big beef with the first game is just that that because Aloy and Silence have all of the, they're sort of hoarding all this information. A lot of the times, it feels like you're playing this really big, expansive open world game where Aloy and Silence are the only real characters, and everybody else is. Everybody else's NPC vibes are too extreme. Everybody else just feels like an NPC to the max. And it makes the world feel <laughs> smaller than it should feel, is what I felt about the first Yeah, game. it's 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 just, you know, like <laughs> I mean, it's it's sort of like the 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 fallout quadrant, right? Where it's just sort of like you open a random door in a blast shelter and these people have developed a religion to a pair of underpants. <laughs> You know, like it's just some sort of it's like extreme like uh trying to talk to the natives in Mad Max vibes. Um it's 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 it, which I mean like I uh like which means when you come into the second game, it's like her exhaustion at the at the very from the outset. And the voice acting is understandable. Yeah. Yes. They make her, it's weird. Aloy in Forbidden West talks like how I felt playing the first game. She's just constantly like, oh my God, are we having this I don't have time for this. Yeah. It's just like, ugh. Yeah. I was listening to a Giant Bomb podcast where somebody, somebody put it the best way. They were like, Aloy in Forbidden West talks like the annoying atheist at the party. And I was like, that is it. That's it. She's totally, she's just constantly going like, God, is it real? At people. Like, (laughs) Like, all right. Yeah. Religion Uh, is an opiate of the masses. That said, let's take a break real quick. We will come back. And finally, we will get into talking about the latest entry in this now franchise, right? Um, Horizon Forbidden West. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians 
who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, Mike. Coming back to your point about support characters, I just want to say first Mm -hmm. that on a narrative, right, I think this game, I think it's a big part of why I like Forbidden West better than Horizon Zero Dawn. On a narrative level, I think the characterizations in this game are just, are so much better. The writing feels better. The performances feel better. You fight, if anything, like Silence is a lot less important in this game. And you have an actual kind of classic RPG party in a sense in this game. It's, it's like a it's a direct sequel that be, like that begins like literally where the other like exactly where the other story ends. Like it it's a direct yeah. continuation. Like thirty minutes like, after the end of the last. Yeah, game. <laughs> exactly. No time has passed. No time. Um, it, but but. And that's the thing. It's weird because for the fact that no time has passed, that actually does feel like tonally, like, again, the thing we're talking about with Aloy. Aloy is so much more sarcastic and exasperated in this game. Um, It's not like she's become, she shouldn't have become a whole new person considering that, again, it picks up half an hour after the the last game ended. Um, I can forgive it because I do think that it's kind of a little too quippy sometimes. She starts shushing people, which feels kind of not consistent with her character yeah. in the first game. But but I will say, I, I do feel like she benefits overall from having more personality in the second game. Especially because, again, them giving her more personality in the writing is of a piece with them also saying, we need supporting characters for her that also feel like real people who do not just feel like conversation trees that are just constantly lore dumping shit you don't care about at you and I think they do that well with characters like Aaron right and then even the actual sort of classic oh the NPCs in this town who send you on side quests I even think that stuff is a lot better I think the 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 I guess what starts as a main quest line um, the the corrupt politician dude who orders the work stoppage in the one town. Oh, and and Osram, yeah, um, yeah. I actually thought that shit was well done. I thought that like this this yeah. I mean like the local the way political that, dynamic worked there. Yeah, it does. It does. I and also there are no real side missions that feels that they're leading you somewhere completely out of the way either. Like it's all yeah. it all feels like it's building towards something. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. Like the, the officer of work stoppage, like getting them to, you know, mend their fences and like, you know, clear out the valleys so that you can get them to lower a bridge to even begin the, to get out of the staging area, to get out of like the, the, the start area of the game. It's a good way of doing the tutorial also. Um, but <clears throat> 
Yeah, I mean, that's all well and good. Uh, I think that the <laughs> the writing of the characters is great. Um, I just think that I was bamboozled into thinking <laughs> that Varl was going to be more about it than he was. Uh, because the thing is that, like, okay, so the way that they do in the in the, in the stage, like, in the beginning, is they give you some of the lower level enemies to fight with the same weapons that you have accrued over the last game. You don't have to spend so much time um, figuring out how to do X, Y, Z. It's not that far into the game that you also get your uh, your um, he, your hollow glider, which allows you to basically fly more or less. Uh, so, I mean, like, you know, you're overpowered, you're running around, killing these little, smashing these little grunts. Like, you don't even really need help, but there is the way that the Varl support character is written in this stage is that he just, he's very, you know, proactive. He's got a lot of initiative at this part of the game, and, like, he'll just hop out and he'll kill that borrower for you, no problem. You know, I'll get that. I'll, I'll I'll get this leap lash. I'll get this other thing. You know, no, don't worry about it. As soon as you make it into like the real game, he is a <laughs> babe in the hey, woods. Wow. It is yeah. like it is. He is a babe in the woods. Can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Let alone, uh, you know, help you uh kill this bristleback. You know, like get get one of them on your own. Just one. You know, you don't need to, I, I, I'll take the other six, just get one of them. So I don't have to do the whole thing myself. And then he's just kind of like, after you've cleared the rest of the field, he'll still be hacking away at one of them. And they might be, they, they might have lost 25% of their hole or what, or what have you. <laughs> yeah. Zo too. You know what it you know? Oh, Zo, yeah. That's like, all of them have this problem. And it's, it's not only that, it's that, and this is about AI, right? It's about like what it means to have a supporting character that you don't control is like it, they all behave the same, right? Yeah. They just behave like brain dead and like brain dead AI in a video game. Um, which is like weird juxtaposed to the personality, the real personality that the writing imbues them with, right? When you're not right. in battle. Um it reminds me a lot of like you you haven't played Alien Isolation, have you? No, I haven't. So Alien Isolation is like that game is horrifying. The game is scary as shit. And specifically the xenomorph in that game has the most terrifyingly smart AI you've ever encountered in a video game. But then the xenomorph isn't the only AI in the game. You also have the working Joes and the humans. And it's, I don't know, Horizon. Like the way they implemented the support characters in Forbidden West reminds me of that. Of like, the xenomorph is smart as shit, but goddamn, the humans are stupid. The humans are just like, they're just brain dead compared to the xenomorph. And that's how it feels like when you're dealing with like Varl, right? It's just, he's just, again, he'll just be hacking away at some shit unproductively and in a way that's not responsive to the larger context of what's happening. Um, <laughs> so I take your point about the support characters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he'll just, it, and the thing is that, like, you know, he might still be swinging or standing over it. Like, also, like, it's it's worse because in the boss battles where you need him to do the thing that he does, which is literally all you got to, all he has to do, you don't even have to kill anything. Just toss the ammo when you say you're going to toss the ammo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And he'll be like, hey, looks like you need some ammo over there. And then he'll run around for another seven minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> display. It seems like it needs some ammo, huh? I bet that'd be real nice, wouldn't it? Blue balls. <laughs> yes. That, you're totally right. That's actually way more annoying than the combat shit. Is that? It's way like, yes, more annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I, I definitely feel like some of the but the difference with alien isolation, right, is that the xenomorph is really smart. I think to your your point about splash damage and how you like we we're talking earlier about how you can die on accident. You can die from moves that the enemy wasn't even trying to hit you with, right? And it's sort of it's not like the dinosaurs in these games are that smart. It's just that they're in in, in, in some on some level it's smart design, right? It's not that the AI is super sophisticated. It's just that the dinosaurs are so big and their movement is so hefty that like they don't have to be smarter than you to just knock the shit out of you on accident, right? And that's kind of the And challenge. also like their attack yeah, their attacks cover like such a broad area. Like yeah. there is and you know there is you have again, I like it's it's hard to understate like I mean, like, I, okay, my card's on the table. I The thing that I've always been, it's hard to overcome with, like, Horizon, like, the series so far that, you know, kind of separates it from other games that I, like, would compare it to, like, God of War or whatever, is that, like, you feel the heft of, like, your own weapons. Like, the axe falls and you feel it cleave a draugr. Like, you know, you feel, like, the blades of chaos shunk into things as like they spin around. Yeah. I mean, like you feel it when you get hit, you feel it when you block things correctly. Like there's a sort of lightness to like all of the movements and like the attacks that like, and it feels a lot like you are hacking away at the same block of wood and it is still together like you know <laughs> yeah. as, like later like and he, all this time later because it's like you know that one scene in um remember that scene in avatar where like they're like oh we found the deposit of un unobtainium and we're like here comes freedom we're bringing in like you know the aircraft carriers and the choppers with the missiles on them and like i forget what like the the, the native blue people are called but they are like all right, you know, we're great. Yeah, the Navi with the they get the war paint on, they're on the they're on horseback. And they're like we're 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 making our last stand here and they start shooting the you know, the carbon plated uh helio attack chopper thingies with arrows and they're just glancing off the, the like the whole thing and like the commander sergeant guys sitting at the front line with a cup of coffee watching the arrows go off of, like, <laughs> yeah. the cockpit. He's yeah. just like, <laughs> you got to be shitting me. And that's, like, <laughs> how I feel when I am, like, shooting this charging thing that is many times bigger than me, made out of metal with wooden arrows. Yeah. You know I, mean? I feel yeah. stupid. It, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> half of the time. <laughs> <laughs> But this is this is good. You're you're identifying what I think is the real tension in this game fundamentally in this series fundamentally, right? I think 
what you're identifying is totally real. Uh, I think this, I think especially like Forbidden West kind of is explicit about it as the game goes on, right? The idea that like, look, these dinosaurs get bigger and bigger, right? The stakes of the game get bigger and bigger. And every time some new development happens, you're just sort of like, you know, I'm just like a woman with some arrows, right? You know, I'm just like a primitive. I have like, you know, she has like some half-assed, you know, salvaged tech. But yeah, increasingly this game is about aliens and shit and and spaceships. (laughs) And it's just like, I have fire arrows and acid arrows. It's It's just like, now I got acid arrows now. (laughs) Yeah. It's like like the three-body problem. Like, it's just like these aliens came from Alpha Centauri and they can teleport. And it's just like, all right, we got nanofilaments. (laughs) Let's make some really expensive garotes. <laughs> but that is oh it. Oh my god! Yo, I yeah, will, this is, I like it's. I like that should be pissing me off, man. Because it's just kind of like <laughs> the third time that you die in a in like in a boss battle. And again, like I, I never finished. The, I, like I never finished the first game for a similar reason. Like it was just kind of like I do not feel strongly enough about what is happening here to overcome, like this sense of like this this flabbergastedness I feel about shooting arrows at a charging tank. Like it's like and and and, ex- yeah, yeah. and being expected to win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I think yeah I do think it's the kind of game and I'm I'm honestly like surprised that it's gotten the traction it's gotten for that reason, right? I think you like when I okay, we got the review code, I was like, I'm playing this on hard. Right. I pl- I played through this game on hard. But it's because I, I, yeah, I have, I have that brain where it's like, I totally perceive everything you're describing. And yet that kind of just works for me, right? Like I, there's one moment in this game. I will say that, sorry, not to cut you off, but to interject a little bit. I will say on the flip side of that, that when you do ultimately succeed, it is very gratifying. You're like, yeah, fuck you. You're dead. Like, it's like, whatever. Like, it's just like, I did it. I, that was me. Like there is a like the thing that we were describing at the beginning of the podcast, having something big and impossible in front of you and filling it with rocks is like kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's just one moment where it's like you're in one of those cauldron areas or something. And I remember it's like they keep flooding you with mini bosses. It's not even the boss. You keep having to go through and unlock areas and then they'll flood them these small spaces and you got to take on eight dudes at a time and you get to the you're like almost at the end of one of these areas where you've had three subsections like that and the game spawns what's called a slaughter spine and the slaughter spine i think of all the all the robots in both games like the slaughter spine just looks comically large and it's like in an interior space it's not even one of those fights where you're just like okay if it gets too tough, you can kind of just run out of range. Right. Yeah. You can just, and then just back up regroup. and reassess. Like, there's like, that's yeah. what I like. Yeah. It's just like some, some of the, at least some of the annoying battles, like you get to fight on very large stages where <clears throat> you can yeah. get behind collapsible, um, like debris, or you can find the one like mound in the area that doesn't break so you can hide from the flamethrower and just run around in circles and shoot at it until it's over. Like there's, you can strategize around not having strong enough weapons. 
But in a closed in a closed space, it's just you're ramming your head at a wall until you finally get through it. Yeah, totally. But it, it means that like again, it's like I, they spawn this slaughter spot. It's so large, enclosed space, no cover, right? And it it really does. Even though you know you're playing a video game, right? And the premise of a video game is always going to be, look, you're the player. The odds are in your favor. The game is, it's literally programmed such that you know you can win, right? You know that there's a path to victory. But there are so many effective moments, I think, especially in this game of like, bro, you can't be serious. You can't be serious. I saw that slaughter spine come up. I was like, you cannot be serious. I can't win this fight. And then you win oh. the fight. And you're just like. And then it's just like, why would you make me do that? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's true. Yeah, why would you make me do that? Right, right, right. Is also, is, is really like, you know, it's just like, it's, it is the twin combination. It's the twin feeling of, of like, you know, accomplishment and also like, ex, like, exasperation because it's just like yeah. why would you put five I know I keep saying leap lashes and that's because they <laughs> are the second most difficult and most annoying enemy in this game and they yeah. are cons- they, and the thing is that like they're they're, they're grunt category yeah like yeah. so so they come out in swarms yes yeah, so, so it'll be three leap lashes and they have like these crazy this crazy combo thing where, you know, they're that one dude that does capoeira in the fight movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. capoeira but like, is <laughs> Yeah, but they all, like, they all have it and, and a giant, like, electric tail thing that, you know, can whip at you from 15 meters away. So if you get four of those things in a small space and it's just like all you can really do is look for the exit which way did you come in like there's like there's there's no way that you can kill all of those on your own <laughs> yeah you gotta pick them off somehow right um yeah you're right in the fact it's so it hurts so much that they're grunts right it's, it's as yeah. soon as you get out of that um that first area after the work stoppage right after that whole side quest um that's when you first encounter them. You're just like, how am I getting thrashed by like, three of these trash mob things that up. are, and the, and it's just like they look so stupid too because they, they look stupid, like yeah. they have like little tadpole heads and like you know pogo they stick shit. Yeah, yeah, they jump around like little pogo stick things. They're not bigger than like you know an HVAC vacuum. Like a sh- <laughs> they look they look like sh- they they literally look like shop vacs on pogo sticks. So it's so stupid that they kill you so consistently because it's especially when it's you can kill a reaver with ease. These giant like, you know, saber tooth tiger things with a 50 Barrett 50 cal rifle on their back. That's oh, easy. The ravager? The that yeah, one? that thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like that. It's just like I, that. OK, I would rather that than, than <laughs> yeah, you know, the than the leap lashers. Yeah. Anything that that jumps in this game is fucking trash. Um, <laughs> yeah, but if it okay, jumps you, or flies, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> get the fuck out of the Stormbird. No, I don't want to talk about the Stormbird. Um, uh, that's it. Okay, you brought up the th- the three body problem, and I'm glad you did because I I again 
the thing that annoyed me, or one thing that annoyed me about the first game is that like that premise, right? Cave woman versus robot dinosaurs because Elon Musk destroyed Earth, right? Really, really good premise that I think the first game does not really, I don't think it does right by it. I think it kind of only gives it like 50%, right? For for such a potent Turok ass, you know, Turok the dinosaur hunter ass setup, you kind of want the first game to be fifty to a hundred percent more anime bullshit than it is. And mm. I think this I think Forbidden West is with the shit. Cause it's like I think Forbidden West do, goes full anime bullshit. And you get to the halfway point of that game and you get to like you get to these the humans who escaped the extinction event because they were rich people and they got away on fake Elon Musk space program and then and they came like, back in their force really? field swag suit. And this is exactly this is and this is the height of what I was talking about before. Like when it's just when when you're talking about like I'm fighting, you know. Uh, this civilization of people that has progressed past the need for corporeal form with arrows yeah. or whatever. Like it's yeah. just like, what am I doing? This is this is stupid. They got a port. They got a force field, and a, and a, and a teleportation portal. And this is like again, I'm shooting at cufflinks to drop uh, a water canister on your head. <laughs> so I can get out. It, it's. So you can break even. That's not even so you so can, can win. So yeah, you can so you can even. break even. Yeah. Yeah. So that you I can distract okay. them for a second. Yeah. Right. But it's like I chalked it up to I was like, okay, well, they do it, you know, this, these games mostly do that with size. They take a really big dinosaur with really, really big hitbox and they make you fight that. But I actually thought even that stuff, because you fight the dude Eric uh from the Zeniths, right? And he's like a human-sized person, but he's wearing his little futuristic zoot suit and you're just like he's just sitting there the whole time being like you can't you're not even talking to Aloy he's talking to the player he's like you're not gonna win this fight bro like it's like the visual language of that that fight is so strongly like communicating like you actually you can't win this fight right it's the game is like just just like curb stomping you and being like nah you are a woman with some fire arrows you know yeah it's just like oh you gotta you got your little breathing concentration thing so you can hit a moving target. Yeah, well, again, we got teleportation. And even if you do hit me, I got a force field. And guess what? I could use this teleportation thing to move my mass at several times the speed of sound to hit you in the face and kill you with a single hit. So, yeah. like, there's, it's just, it's so, like, yeah, it's just frustrating. Yeah, but again, it's like the different, it's, it's either frustrating in a bad way or frustrating in a good way, right? Because it's like again, yeah, frustrating I, I in a I, narratively nece- like a in a way that's necessary, yeah, like yeah. to the way that like, the story it's the unfolds. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like bad design or bad programming. I, I never sat there and felt like, oh, the hitboxes on these dinosaurs are fucked up. Instead, I sat there and thank I thought like, yo, fuck the developers of this game, <laughs> but in a good way. Like I again, I really like the game. I I think like. Apart from all that gameplay stuff, I I felt really gratified by how fucking nuts this game gets, though. Like, everything after you meet the Zeniths, and then it's like you meet... I mean, we're in, we're in spoilers, listeners, so, you know, it is what it is. It's like, 
you meet the clone of Aloy Beta, who was traveling with the Zeniths, and then like Carrie Ann Moss is having cookies and tea with you at her old house, and then you meet the squiggly line monster. At the, it's just like the weird, the fact that they in this game so much more decisively lean into the idea of like, yes, this is. It's not just robot dinosaurs. Now you got time travel and teleportation and space travel. And you got an abstract. You got abstract art as the final boss of the next game. It, you know what I mean? It's I, I, all the sci-fi shit that like I wish was in the first game is finally in this game. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff that's stupid and it feels like a lot of concept creep. But... I don't know. I just I thought narratively this game was a lot better at at sort of being as crazy and sci-fi as it should have been from the beginning in the first game. And like there is all that side quest stuff. There is all of that sort of help the so-and-so tribe get rid of the person help challenging them fix the their mud gate. Yeah, it's like it's, it's yeah, very it's like you can, there is that stuff. Yeah, you could do you could do the maintenance on like you you could you could do <clears throat> you know maintenance in Westworld if you want to. Um, like it's you can you can go shoot components off off of things back so make new weapons and like it's a good grind and everything. But also, yeah, like it, there is all of that weird galaxy brain shit in there. Um, yeah. Yes, the galaxy brain shit is the good shit in this game. It's like, and again, I it might be a taste thing, right? Because I've just never liked the 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 side of high fantasy stuff. Where, where this isn't high fantasy, but you get what I'm saying. The, the side of fantasy stuff that's about like, oh, you know, this ancient civilization, something something monarchy, something something rival clan, like I, all that, all that sort of low level mundane shit about fantasy is never what I'm into. I'm into the more futuristic, urbane, like and then the Zeniths showed up with their force field. Like, that's the shit I like. Maybe that's just me, though. That's like the animation. That's the anime bullshit. That's Horizon leading into the anime bullshit. There wasn't enough anime bullshit in the first game. There's a ton of anime bullshit in the second game. The second game basically becomes a three-body problem but with like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk somehow factoring into how these people sort of left Earth and then came back and shit. And I don't know. I think it's fun, man. No, no, it's just I got to the end of the first game and I was like annoyed. I was annoyed because like I liked the first game, but you get to the end and it's like you fight the the sort of weird horde that's the last boss fight in the first game. And then you get to like you get to like after credit sequence Lance Reddick being like, I'm actually more evil than you thought. I have Hades now. You know, and it's, I don't know, the way they set up the sequel for the original game, I was just kind of like, man, I, I didn't like the Lance Reddick character that much. I didn't really feel like the drama of this story was that good. So I'm annoyed that they're sort of calling the shot so hard and being like, you know, this game is going to have a sequel. And then I got to the end of this game and I was like upset that I have to wait four years to play the continuation of this story. Like, that's the contrast with me. Like, I actually give a shit about 
the things that happened in Forbidden West. And I actually am curious to see how they stick the landing narratively in a way that's totally at odds with my experience of the first game where I was just sort of like, I guess I'd play a sequel of this. I don't know. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, well, you know, best of luck with uh, with, with with that with that lengthy weight of yours. Uh, it's going to be a minute. Yeah, I, um, man. That's the thing, too. I don't even like big, I don't, I thought, until I play this game, because, like, the last big sort of single-player campaign thing I played, I guess, would have been Far Cry 6. Which is like cool. Like that game is better than I think the reviews made it out to be. It still was kind of like, and eh, do I really want to walk around this big icon littered map forever? Like, I like just playing online multiplayer games where I don't have to give a shit about a story. Um, it's like I was prepared to go into this game thinking like, look, maybe I just don't even like big single player games anymore, right? Uh. That's the thing. Even liking this one, it's like they take forever to make now. These games, like they have like ten year turnaround times at this point. I don't like. Yeah, I don't like um, the fact I, that I'm anticipating the sequel to this. Yeah, yeah. I like. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> welcome to the rest of your life. I'm still waiting for God of War Ragnarok. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this, Sony Santa Monica Studios, you know. Like the, you know, just come on, you, you, I, I know you got it. Like just, just, just let us, just let us have it. Listen, I'm just waiting for Final Fantasy VII remake part two point five, whatever Kingdom Hearts numbering scheme they're gonna come up with for those games. But I don't know. That's all I got about Forbidden West. I I highly recommend it, even if you were kind of like so so in the first game. I think it's a lot better than the second. I I think the second game is a lot better. Uh, Micah, I think you might be kind of just at odds with. I don't know. I don't know. I think I, I think I think I might just be, you know, at odds with the central premise of the story. But like you know, like it is, it is like it definitely is a fun game. Definitely like something to get lost in, to absorb yourself in. You know, ignore text messages about for the next week or two. Yes. Uh, I keep thinking I'm going to play Sifu. The problem is... Is that you're a coward, which is fine. No! Like, which is, uh, like, it's okay. You know, it's not for everybody. The problem is... (laughs) You have to have a certain kind of metal to play Sifu. No, I bought it at least, so I'm supporting, and I'm going to get to it. The problem is that, like, I got into Guilty Gear Strive, which, like, I don't know what's wrong with me, man. I'm playing Guilty Gear in 20... But it's, this shit is tight. The art style is tight. It plays nothing like Street Fighter, and I, I've only tried to play, like... I played one Guilty Gear game before, and I found the tutorial so off-putting that I just dropped it on the spot. But this game feels a lot more accessible, and it just looks... Like it just looks good as good as shit. Like it looks good. Guilty Gear Strive just looks attractive, and so I'm kind of getting sucked into that. I will play Sifu at some point. Um, I think we have a piece about it on TheRinger.com actually um, about Sifu. Uh, that's it for this week. We will talk about Demon Slayer next week. We will do it. We are committing to it. Um, 
listeners email us about either Horizon Zero Dawn or Horizon Forbidden West or Demon Slayer or whatever at soundonlypod at gmail.com. That's all we got. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Michael Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all.